You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! I, at one time, when I was younger, uh... I ate uh, 250 shrimp in one sitting. Wow. Yeah, that was a lot of shrimp. I, I was very have, full. I don't have too much of a benchmark on how much that physically is, because I've never eaten shrimp. But I, I would think that would be very filling. It was, it, it was several pounds of shrimp. Yeah. It, it, was, uh, it was a lot. I, I can't lot, do it man. anymore. The yeah. best I've been able to manage since then is just like right around like 80. Well, I, I slowly started declining. But like now, my average is probably like eighty to a hundred if I try. So like, this is a, all you. So can like where, mo- like where most people, where most people have like they mark their height. You've you've marked how much shrimp you 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 can eat over the years. Exactly, and I'm, yeah. just, I'm, I'm like an old person. How they shrink? I eat, have been able to eat less and less shrimp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is gonna make for a good intro piece. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. And with me today, I am speaking with Rick Matthews of Matthews Effects. How's it going? Going pretty good. Thanks for having me. Y'all, thanks for being here. Like you're here. I wish you, I wish you were physically here. I know, kinda, man. That, that was be much cooler. Time. It was. Yeah. It was. I still carry. I, I'm still enjoying my uh, my stone pick. Oh, nice! That you hooked that, me up with. That thing's doing it for you. It is. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I like it. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting. Th- like the first time, which is funny because uh, the guy who makes those was on the last episode. Yeah, uh, I saw that, <laughs> Andrew. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was a, something that I didn't really think that I would be into when I first heard about it. Uh, and I tried it like a much cruder version um, years and years ago, but mm-hmm. um, now it's uh, yeah, it's kind of my number one go-to uh, material these days. And I'm finding different ones that I like better than others. So um, I found some ones I like better than Obsidian. Uh, so oh, really? Well, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun, you know, with all the different types. You know, I never would have thought that there would be so many different options for picks these days than uh than what there used to be you know back in back in our day you know oh, we oh yeah <laughs> yes because we're picks we're just grizzled old veterans aren't we yep had a had a walk through snow uphill both ways to buy our picks that's right barefoot even. Shipped to you. yeah barefoot <laughs> oh man what what did is your normal material um that you would use before I got that one, because I have been enjoying that one, I also really enjoy, I don't even know where I got it. I'm pretty sure I stole it from somebody. And by stole, I mean uh, they let me try their guitar or something and hand me it, and I stole it. Uh, right. The course pick. Oh, yeah. been, oh, yes. Yeah, I actually really enjoy it. So I've been using it. Um, besides that, uh, I usually just use regular, like, Tortex picks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The course pick is my other favorite like the stone is my number one but um got some of those at nam uh from the man himself and it was like and these are really well thought out i like the shape of them and uh i really enjoy those um i like a, th- a little bit thicker which i know he's heard a thousand times at this point oh um, yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but i dig the course picks as well man so yeah, what is this? The guitar pick podcast? I mean, come on, we're hey, here man, to talk. We're just, we're just living. <laughs> we're just uh, talking about the important stuff. Guitar picks. 
Of course, and how difficult it was to obtain them back in back in our day. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the uh, the standard opener, you know, question would be, uh, "How's your day going? What did you do? Anything interesting?" I I had a really long day. You know, I got up early. I I did my usual um, routine on days uh, where my wife has off. I went and got her coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, some bagels. So I always mm. always take care of my wife on days where she has off. I always go and get her some treats. Nice. And uh, now and then I came home and just worked nonstop for the rest of the day, pretty much just kicking out pedals. Uh, production stuff, design stuff. What kind of uh, what kind of work? Yeah, today was mainly uh, mainly production line stuff. Trying to keep up with the uh, the demand on the astronomers. Um, have a few things that I took a few minutes to work on that people will be seeing soon, but uh, I can't fully disclose yet. Oh. Got to build off the momentum. The, off the air. Off the air, yes. There yes. we go. Well, you <laughs> we will... you saw, you know what I'm talking about, because you saw the artwork last time uh, when I came and we hung out. Oh, that, that's right. That is happening soon, yeah. Ah, cool. Mm-hmm. That th- Now, this makes for great great podcasting we talk about insider jokes that, or insider things that no one else knows about that yeah, always makes for entertaining stuff yeah like that one inside joke we have the shrimp oh dude the shrimp <laughs> <laughs> that guy he's always showing up when you least expect him to too you know i, I know mean? you never expect it <laughs> we don't want to get into that though that's a little weird um <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's try it. I'm gonna attempt to pretend that we're gonna stay on topic, and okay. uh, let's go into uh, Rick Matthews' musical backstory. How what did you start, and uh, how that lead you to doing what you're doing right now? Yeah, you know, I I grew up in the church, and uh, as the legend goes, I used to find uh, a tree branch and sneak onto the stage constantly to pretend that I was playing guitar. And, <laughs> right. And then I saw Back to the Future, and I had to start playing guitar for that. So I've been in love with 335s ever since Back to the Future. But no, yeah, so I start, I was always in love with guitar from a super young age. Uh, I, my, I grew up playing on worship teams mainly until I got to the age where I started playing in bands. Um, wanted to be a touring musician, was totally like committed to that and everything, and then... I met my wife and kind of settled down a little bit and was happy to still be a part of the music industry through building gear for other players. Nice. Yeah. So, like, you just magically started whipping out astronomers, or what was your first pedal? I know it was an astronomer. No, yeah, no, I had to build up to that. Yeah. 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 The shrimp helped a lot. The shrimp, well, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, shrimp. A lot of inspiration, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, I uh, actually, when I first started Matthew's Effects, it was just a simple switch company because I knew I wanted to start a company, but my aspirations were beyond my knowledge. So I started just like with simple tap tempo switches and mute switches and everything like that. And I was kind of just scouring the internet, trying to learn like as much as I could, teach myself as much as I could. Um, but the big turning point for me was when I got hired at buildyourownclone.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I worked there for a couple of years, and Keith, the owner, basically mentored me and taught me you know, pretty much everything uh, you know I know about you know electronics and how they work and everything like that. Um, and he was awesome to work for, but I wanted some. I wanted to have a little bit more creative freedom, so I went back to the idea of my own company. And, you know, took the knowledge that I had from, you know, how to build effect pedals and everything like that and started creating things that were different and unique than what was out on the market. Right. So, yeah, what was your first uh, Matthews effect? No, that's fine. Yeah, like the first official Matthews effect uh, was the IC buffer. I almost said pocket drive, but it was actually the IC buffer, uh, which was just a straight in and out single buffer you know, standalone buffer for your board. And when mm-hmm. I first made it, it was called the IC buffer because it was a IC base buffer, but also because I made it with a clear acrylic top 
And oh, so okay. the, the on and off LED, and what I did was I sandpapered it. So it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't fully transparent. Right. And when the LED was, when it's plugged in, the LED would make it glow. So it looked like ice. It was a blue LED, so it kind of looked like ice. Ah. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. And uh, people liked them, really thought the concept was cool. I thought they looked awesome. But, man, they were just a pain to make with those acrylic tops because I was doing it all by hand. Uh, I was doing it on perf board, and uh, they were just killing me. So. Yeah. Yeah. So those went away. Those went away. Yeah. Next came the pocket drive. Yeah. The pocket drive. Yeah, which I, that was about the time I must have met you for the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back at the SeaTac Guitar Show, probably what? I'm guessing it was your first one. Yes. Um, So, and mine as well. Actually, my only one. Um, That was my first type of like exhibition at any type of show or anything. I remember coming away from that. So that was kind of weird. I was up there for work, um, and I was like, oh, this guitar show happens to be going on. Um, but it was a weird time where, like, I, a bunch of bills all came out at the same time, and, mm-hmm. like, not when I expected it to. And so I literally had, like, I had, like, whatever the the show cost to get in, which wasn't that much, Maybe like yeah. ten bucks or something. I had like eleven dollars, and I was like, "Well, at least go in and check things out." And yeah. so I went in there and I wandered around, seen a bunch of cool stuff, and I remember going to your booth and playing the um, the pocket fuzz. Yeah, and pocket and fuzz. and really freaking out about it. Like in my brain, I probably I I hope I played it cool, um, <laughs> but. You know, I don't know. If you don't remember anybody freaking out, then you're you're probably good. Um, <clears throat> or I'm probably good. Uh, and I was like, man, I wish I had more than one dollar right now. Because I really want to buy that. <laughs> and I remember yeah. telling my my buddies about it when I when I left. I was like, man, this guy Matthews, he's got this really cool pocket fuzz. And it's just a face ripper. And uh, that became the whaler, if I'm not mistaken, sort of. Yeah. Well, yeah, I already had uh, I had the peach fuzz out at that point, mm-hmm. and um, I can't remember if it had become the whaler already or not. But basically, the pocket fuzz was like a hot rotted version of the whaler, so it had like even more gain than the whaler did, and it's mm-hmm. you know thrown into the tiny uh, compact foot, uh, you know, of the pocket drive size. Right, right. The whaler's awesome. Um, I mean, that one was awesome too, but when you brought the, your line down, which people will get to hear that here pretty soon, it actually hasn't come out yet. The, uh, mm. for everyone who's confused, we went over to the Benson Amps world headquarters and did a Periscope broadcast. And we also recorded the audio on a separate tracks. So that'll come out pretty soon. I actually haven't gotten back to, and listened to that. So hopefully it doesn't sound horrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the but, and the squid was there too. He helped out. The squid? Yeah, the squid helped out. I thought we had a shrimp joke. Now we have a squid joke. We have both now. Oh boy, I don't people remember. people people won't be able to keep up. We're too fast with our aquatic creature. Yeah. <laughs> aquatic creature in jokes are just they don't know what's coming next. Like next is going to be like a bull shark, and then we're going to have like a. We're going to have a know. whole slew of hashtags. Hashtags the shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to have to happen when this episode drops. Anyway, <laughs> <we'll go. laughs> don't get me going on things like that. I'll, I'll never stop. And we'll never talk about fuzz again. We'll just talk about aquatic animals that are edible. Deal. So, <laughs> don't even get me started on pizza. And that's a, yeah. that's a whole another subject altogether. Anyways, um, the astronomer. That's yes. your latest and greatest, right? Yeah, that one uh, has been like our pretty much our most successful launch to date, which has been awesome. The reception has been super warm. Uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. That's very cool. So, and that's that's a like for people who don't know, that's like a hall reverb uh with shimmer correct yeah yeah it's like a dual channel 
uh, hall shimmer reverb. So you can dial the shimmer out and it's just a hall reverb. And then you have uh, your, basically your mix control and your, your kind of region control. Gotcha. Um, and then you can set those differently on each channel and switch between them. Yes, yes, yes. So it's, there's lots of shimmers out there. Um, mm -hmm. And some of them, now I actually don't really know this myself and I probably should. When we, I know what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. I know what, so I, therefore, I, I mean, I understand what that concept is. But what are those higher notes? Are they like fifths and octaves, or, or what are they that, that produce that effect? So, yeah, what Shimmer does is, uh, well, basically in reverb, you have this feedback loop uh, where the reverb is basically feeding into itself, and that's where you get those long trails, and you know, it slowly gets quieter and quieter. Uh, and so what the concept of shimmer is, is you put an octave up in there. And so every time the signal gets fed back into the feedback loop, it gets kicked up an octave. So it, every time, you know, it keeps going up and up and up and up and up. Uh, but you still get, you basically still get all those steps all at the same time, uh, which gives you this, you know, crazy angel voice effect. Right, right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Have you tried, or do you know, I don't even know what this would sound like, or maybe I've heard it before and I didn't realize it. If you put, like, if at a different interval, like like a fifth or something, would that yeah. sound cool, or would it be really weird and not useful? You know, the problem with it is it keeps getting, I would think, because I haven't tried it, but I would think, you know, that fifth then gets doubled and then that gets doubled, which thing gets doubled and doubled. So I almost wonder if it would be kind of a real um, discord type sounding thing. Right. But it might be cool. Yeah. It might be cool if you could dial it in. Well, because a fifth, a fifth might work because it's, you know, a quote unquote perfect fifth. So if mm -hmm. that might, may, I'm trying, I'm really pushing my limits here with my music <laughs> theory. That's about, yeah. That's about the extent of it right there. Um, yeah. A f in, in, in my brain, a fifth might work. Something else may not. Mm. But probably not for chord stuff. It would have to be single note. Yeah. Uh, now I want to hear that. It, it'd, be, it'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fire up the software. Let's see what that <laughs> FD1 can do, right? Uh, I'll just uh, plug that in here real fast. Yeah, just do it. I mean, come on, yeah. you can just you can just do things with it, right? Just magic, wave the magic FV1 wand, and you can do whatever you want, right? Yeah, that's totally how it works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a very like super basic knowledge of uh, that that kind of platform and software. Like, no, mm -hmm. I don't. I just I I shouldn't say that. I know that it exists, and I know that people use computers to make it happen. But like, you know, you, you know that the chip is called FV1. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're, that's about about it. I mean, he, Robert Keeley explained it to me a little bit briefly when he was on, but um, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't get into any nitty gritty stuff. So, like, what what is the software that you use to like program that, and how does it work? I like, I'd love to dig into that a little bit because I don't know. Yeah. So. Um... It kind of uses its own language, but it's, you know, it's like based off C. Um, okay. So it gets, I'm like teaching myself even the coding. Um, and so I get help from, from, uh, you know, like different people and everything. Cause it's so, I'm such an analog guy. I'm not like, you know, write all this different code for microcontrollers and freaking can do pretty much anything like some people. Joel Corte. <clears throat> who is <laughs> right. like insane <laughs> and can just like, yeah, uh, do crazy, crazy stuff automatically. But I'm, I'm, I'm working there. Yeah. So basically, but you know, it's like, it's based off C and so, but it kind of has its own language. Um, but it has its own, um, I mean, they have their own dev dev board and, uh, dev environment for it. So it makes, uh, playing around with it a lot easier than, you know, just, you know, going, with a lot of other DSP. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. what's that, um, I mean, Shark is one, but what's the, yeah. isn't there like a step in between that's kind of based on Shark? 
Um, I haven't heard it. I, I mean, like I, I said, I'm I'm more of an analog guy. Right. Uh, the the astronomer was like my first foray into digital, and really, even then, the only part that's digital is the effect, is the reverb, the the dry signal is fully analog. Right. Uh, right. In the astronomer. Uh, so no, I'm still I'm just still breaking into the the wide the wide world of digital stuff. It's a little bit intimidating to me. It's it's like you know you you get really into the analog stuff and you finally feel like you're you know you're making headway and then it's like bam there's all this digital stuff and you're like holy cow there's so many like possibilities now. Right. Well, especially when guys like the uh, aforementioned Joel Corte. I've never under, never known. I should ask him. I never thought about it. Is it Corte or Court? Because I've heard both people say both things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him next time. Anyway, I think, that's... I think I've probably heard it Corte, but I I don't I don't know what I said. I might have slinged it, but uh, yeah. I mean, there's just so many possibilities with what you can do these days. Yeah, it's. I mean, his stuff. I've I've talked about it so much on this show. Is and then after playing with it, it's melting my brain like how do you how, yeah. do you how do you do this this is ridiculous this is not yeah what humans do <laughs> yeah yeah no he he's he's definitely raised the bar and he's one of the few builders who i i still get excited not that i don't i'm not friends with a lot of other builders or i appreciate can you know appreciate what a lot of other builders are coming out with but he's pretty much one of the few people who i just get excited about what he's coming out with next right right I I totally get what you mean by that. It's not it's not that other people aren't doing amazing things. It's just like yeah, it's just so that's so exciting to see what he does. Yeah. Um, I'm but, waiting for I'm now, but now though with what you know Zachary Vex did, I, I'm waiting for the candle op, uh, candle powered warped vinyl to come out. I think that'll be the <laughs> that'll be the way to step up his game. You know that that was. A lot of people were like, oh, what am I going to do with the $6,000 candle-powered effect? And I'm like, I've I seen it in person, and and I was like, I think you're missing the point. Like, some people were like, how yeah. am I going to put that on my pedal board? It's like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. That's not what this is. Yeah, no, he, he did it to show how much smarter he was than <laughs> most of the other people in the industry. Right, and it was fantastic. And there's yeah. people have seen the videos, but, like, when he was there... I walk up, he's wearing like a magician hat and like all decked out and explaining how this works and watching it is like mesmerizing. I mean, you're listening to it too, but it was like seeing it in person and then hearing people complain about the price. It's like, okay, no, I'm not going to, I'm personally not going to buy it, but somebody's going to buy it and they're going to sit it on their table and stare at it all day and get way more. It's a work of art. Yeah. I mean, that thing is just. A work of art, and you make you make back your money in two thousand years. Well, you, you can make back your money the the first evening you sit staring at it because it's incredible. I wish, yeah, I, I wish I could do that. Um, it was it was awesome. So yeah, I think actually John Cusack said he almost bought one at the show. <laughs> he was like, I I almost went home with one. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a good story. Yeah. That guy does ridiculous things too. Let's just talk about everybody that does cool things. He honestly, I'm totally fine. There's so many awesome people, and 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 being like and super honest, like there's so many people who have been like so supportive of me. You know, uh, John. You know, has has uh, he saved me at Summernam because I ordered my banners like a noob without double checking my own spelling, which is a terrible idea because i'm horrible <laughs> at spelling and i just murdered some spellings on like uh i think yeah it was the parametric the cartographer parametric overdrive i spelled it parameric and uh, well, uh that's fine yeah <laughs> I, most people probably wouldn't have caught it but you know but yeah, john Tully I, was like uh was like oh well, just send me the art file and he showed up with like four different printings of it on different material because he didn't know what what i would want for free like he just was being awesome wow that is that that is super cool yeah that guy rules Uh, i love john well it was funny because at nam i was like he was one of the guys i was really looking forward to meeting and i go to his booth and i'm like oh where's john he's not here 
And I fire up Instagram a little bit later and it's like, oh, he's out playing <laughs> disc golf. Of course. Yes. He is. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, ah, here, my minions will take care of the booth and I shall go play disc golf like a human instead of, yeah. <laughs> instead of wandering yeah, around Nam like a zombie. That was awesome. <clears throat> I have a, I have a local, I have a local, uh, froth course in my town that I love to go froth. The the hip the hip kids call it froth, you know. I I was gonna say that's news. I never heard it. You've never heard it before. called froth? Yeah. No frisbee, frisbee golf, right? Frisbee golf, yeah. Froth. froth. I, yeah. I've done it once uh, when I was very young, and uh, I, I'd kind of like to give it another go. I know I got a few in in my area. So. Yeah, man, you got to get your froth on. <laughs> I got to get frothy with it, man. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be any good at it. You know, I'm. I never said I was good at it. But it's fun. <laughs> right. Well, I don't have any depth perception, so I don't know if it would work. Oh, yeah. Well, see, mine's right by a river, and I took my wife, and I threw my first disc in the river, and I lost it. So. Oh. Well, boo. You can't, you can't do any worse than that. Like, that's true. I mean, once you have lost your disc, that's pretty much as far as Gain. down as Gain. you can go down the chain. Yeah. <laughs> so... What was you this podcast you, about again? I don't remember. We're talking about <laughs> guitar <frolf> now. <laughs> guitar, <laughs> guitars, shrimps, pizza, uh, and and John Cusack. Yeah, Angel Cordy. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's that could that's, that that's could a, be a you should that should just be the tagline. That should be the the description, and everyone will listen to this podcast. I guarantee you, they will. Shrimp frolf. Yeah, I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna put for the description in this episode. I already started and using everyone, everyone will listen to it. Yeah, while we've been talking, I already started using hashtag shrimp. So you did? Yeah, it's official. It's on Facebook now. Well, I don't. I, maybe I should. Maybe I should click on it to see. You know, sometimes you do a hashtag and it links to some weird stuff. I, I was just and thinking I, that, like, that could be bad. That a bad I thing could, that we don't know about. Yeah, I could totally see like. That being weird in some way that there's, we are not thinking. There's like a dude walking around with like little shrimp fingers or something, and he like <laughs> like goes around like touching people's foreheads with them, or I don't know. It could be it could be this so whole like, thing. It was like salad fingers. It, <laughs> it's just like no, not please, not salad. Hopefully, fingers. not that weird. Let's not let's not have it be salad fingers. I forgot about that. Yeah. I wish you hadn't reminded me of that. Thanks a lot. Back in the old, back in the old days when we had to walk uphill through snow. That's right. We, to watch our had, viral videos. That's right, and we had to watch out for salad fingers while we were yeah. going to get our guitar picks. Yep. <laughs> so let's see if I can kick this train back on the rails. I don't know if you get the opportunity to play out or gig or anything like that as much as you'd like to. Some a lot of people in the industry kind of don't. But if you do, what mm-hmm. what's your kind of your go-to rig look like? Yeah, so I mean a couple months ago I got a Les Paul um gosh, I always forget what it is cuz it's a weird it's not a custom to it's it's like a Les Paul something custom to and um I've really been liking it but it's super heavy. Uh so but lately I've been running that um I have a Jackson Ampworks on the way although I was running a Eggnator before that. Okay. But I sold that along with a lot of other gear to pick up a a Jackson Ampworks McFly. And then I normally most I I run pretty much all of my effects um and then uh, I also have the Bellwether that I'm running for delay. Nice. So that's pretty much what I'm running right now, yeah. So do you do you use all of your own stuff like on your board or do you just use select few of them? Yeah, pretty much, especially right now with the current lineup, you know, I usually always have the architect and the cartographer. Um I have the whaler on there, although I don't get to use the whaler just because of the type of music I'm usually playing. I don't get to use it that often, but I love having it on the board in case there is opportunity. And then, yeah, I love having the cartographer, the conductor on there for, um, for tremolo. Cool. And then, you know, just a good delay on there is pretty much all you need, you know? Yeah. You got your bases pretty much covered. So yeah, you got your, you got your reverb. And so, yeah, you, 
not much more that you like need, quote unquote. Yeah, that's cool. What kind of music do you normally play? Is it it stuff at church or what is it? Yeah, you know, I mean, the more consistent stuff I'm playing is is you know on worship teams, but uh, every once in a while, you know, I'll get to play with a band or something, do more like indie alternative type stuff these days. Um, I've been wanting to kind of move into like a recording project where I can just um, I can just record music and release it and not have to worry about you know doing a bunch of shows. Even though I love playing shows, it's you know with doing the pedal company, it's hard to do both. So I definitely right. wanted to at least release music because it's been way too long since I've I've gotten my music out there. Yeah, I hear you. Um, <clears throat> Did do you have stuff that is currently out in in the circulation or? Yeah, I all... mean, yeah, I mean, not really. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's out there is is years and years old, right? So it's all pretty old stuff. So nothing current. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we've we've talked about this before. This is a slightly off subject, but not really. Um, but I, I I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that uh, Thrice was tweeting about using your stuff on their latest record, which I'm as a being beings as I'm a super huge fanboy, that would be like a dream come true if it was me running a pedal company. But yeah, yeah, no, that was super exciting. Um, I've you know I've been a fan of them for a long time, so it was really cool to to see kind of that whole come about which was so random and, and crazy someone uh it was like gosh it's been almost a year and a half two years ago that dustin kintrew tweeted you know hey what pedal company should i be looking at and l- luckily i had uh, a number of different people who really liked my brand who tweeted back to him saying hey check out matthew's effects and he ended up emailing me just off of those tweets uh, emailing me, he liked what my stuff looked like and kind of liked the sounds of everything. And we got some stuff shipped out to him for him to try out, and it all kind of went from there, which was cool. That's that's really really cool. That's yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Have you um, met him or them at all? No, I missed meeting him at Winter Nam. He came through, but uh, he was there at Winter Nam when I was there, but. I didn't have a booth that time, and so we just kind of missed each other while we were there. So we haven't had a chance for that, but hopefully sometime in the future, especially, you know, I'm sure that on a tour to support the new album, hopefully they'll be coming through the Pacific Northwest. I'll be able to, to meet up with them at a show. Yeah, they they pretty much never miss this neck of the woods, so. Yeah. Uh, I I haven't missed one of their shows in Ever, I don't. <laughs> I think, I've never seen them live. I, I've oh. been a huge fan of them, but I've never seen them live. Oh, you you are in for a treat. Um, it's pretty incredible. I got some of my fondest memories are are from attending their concerts, and uh, yeah, I I don't know. I've probably seen them eight times or something ridiculous. But nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, they're one of the few bands for me that you know they they were you know right place right time for me um you know when i was a young younger and it was like you know into this kind of hardcore aggressive stuff and then mm-hmm. they're one of the few bands that like progressed with me yeah um, as far as like still being able to hold my interest i it's, still like that stuff but it's, it's not nice. like yeah cuz it's nice that like their music has matured but it's still thrice, you know, like mm-hmm. you see some bands where it's like they change their style. And it's like, man, it doesn't even sound like the original band anymore. Right. It's like, it's like you're trying some bands. They, it's like, okay, now you're trying really hard to be something else without it being yeah. a, just a natural progression of things. Yeah. It felt like a very natural progression with thrice with how they, you know, their music progressed and changed. And then they still do some just really heavy songs, which is awesome, and they still kill it. Yeah, and and it's it's but it's you know it's heavy in a different way. Like, um, it's not so like it's like under a killing moon is drastically different than something like uh, hold fast hope, where they're both mm-hmm. super heavy, but but just in completely different ways. So yeah, it's an it's an interesting uh, juxtaposition. 
Um, here we go again. This is this is uh, yeah the the thrice podcast brought to you by Tone Mob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking all, about so many yeah. <laughs> for all those who are obsessed with the band Thrice, you can tune in and listen to this guy fanboy out. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll have some fellow Thrice fans out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've already found a few. Uh, in, through the social medias and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, right on, man. So, other than Thrice, like, what kind of music, what bands inspire you, you know, when you're talking about creating your own stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty wide crossbreed, uh, like, you know, cross of, of different styles. You know, like, I was really into, like, showbread uh, mm-hmm. growing up. I'm a huge Radiohead fan. Um, you know, Thrice was a big inspiration for me. So, I mean, a lot of different styles and genres. Lately, though, especially since I've gotten married, uh, I've listened to a lot more alternative and indie stuff because that's really what my wife is into. But I'm pretty proud. My wife my, my wife loves, like, indie style music, and that's very much her personality. But she mm-hmm. totally loves Under Oath and, you know, Thrice and some of these heavier bands, which is awesome. Nice. That's great. Under Oath... That was a band I was a big fan of back in the day, and they kind of fell off my radar a little bit, but it seems like I heard some rumblings that they were getting back together. Is that Yeah, correct? yeah, they're doing a reunion. I saw I saw a flyer for a festival in Texas, and it was Under Oath, it was Seosin with Anthony Green, and it was like some other band, and I was like, holy cow, this is high school all over again. This is amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why don't I live in Texas? This would be awesome. No kidding. That's good times. Yeah. I didn't know Anthony was... That's interesting. I didn't know I Anthony was back term. with them. Oh, I don't okay. think long-term. I think they just did like a reunion thing. Gotcha. But gotcha. who knows? Yeah, thought, yeah. That was a pretty aggressive falling out, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I got the, into the, them I got into them right after he left. So I kind of missed all the drama on that. Yeah. Well, I did... I'm, we're in the same time frame. I did, I did also, and I seen them one time without him so interesting yeah yeah very actually now i think about it that's the show my wife got knocked over at that was weird (laughs) (laughs) that was an uncomfortable moment in my uh in my moshing career Um, uh yeah i didn't knock her over if if that's (laughs) good that's good because it kind of seemed a little uh should i ask the question no some other guy did and he didn't do it on purpose and yeah, he was, I was very apolog- super. I was always super protective of my wife. I was like a wall, even though I'm like a really sh- you know skinny guy. Man, I like hardcore. Anybody got near my wife, I would just take him out. Yeah, just get him, get him out of here. Yep, get him out of here. Well, yeah, this was the you know of course the moment where I was like, I'm gonna take off for a second and 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 do some do some dancing around and and then oh I guess I shouldn't have moved the two feet yeah. that I moved. Okay, that was a terrible move. Anyway. You, gave, you gave him a gap, a gap. You gave him room to ramp up. I did. I don't know what I was thinking. That Let never happened. That never happened again. So, <laughs> I've kind of mellowed out though these days. I don't do so much of that anymore. I'm too, yeah, I'm too much of an old man for that. I I really enjoy uh, just sitting and listening and watching at shows more. More so than than getting into the crowd and, and dancing around and everything like I used to when I was young, I like really trying dissecting what they're doing, and I think I appreciate more of all the little intricacies that you know individual musicians will pull off live that you know they they didn't do in the studio or you know that they change things up while on the road. Yeah, for sure. I I have been doing some sitting down at shows recently too. Um, but a lot of it is related to I'm not necessarily going and seeing heavier bands anymore. Like I still listen yeah. to them on a regular basis, but that's not who I'm super into going and seeing. Probably yeah. because I've done it so many times. But now, like I'm, I get super jazzed about when Gaslight Anthem comes to town, or um, you know, bands kind of more in that vein, a little more just straight yeah. rock and rock and roll type of uh, musicians. I get super excited for that, and that's you know I can dance around, but it's not the same thing. It's it's yeah. uh, it's much more restrained. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 
<clears throat> so yeah, um, there was something else I was thinking about uh, the other day, and I don't know if we kind of touched on this briefly, but um, is there any new products that you have in the pipeline that you can talk about? I know there's some you can't, but all I can say is that there's a lot in the pipeline. Like uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely I have big ambitions. So there's a lot of stuff in the works, a lot of stuff I'm excited to share. And the only reason I won't say anything is because I'm traditionally really bad at keeping surprises. Like I, I hate keeping surprises. Like I love as soon as I have a surprise, I'm like, oh, I want to share it like right away. And uh, I'm really bad at that. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to be good and and build up, you know, the marketing suspense properly for for new stuff as we launch them. Yeah, I hear you on that. It's tough to, it's tough when you get super excited about something. It's really hard to keep quiet about it. But it honestly is yeah. better to have a launch plan properly and. You kind of, I could be wrong about this, but it appears that that's what you did with the astronomer. And like you said, that's been really successful for yeah. you. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you know, there's so much white noise in this industry that you only have a precious amount of time where you can hold someone's, you know, a customer's attention on something new. Uh, so you really have to maximize the full the full, you know, everything you can in those few moments of launching something new. It's like if you, if you, if you tease about it and tease about it and tease about it, then people lose that initial excitement that something new is coming out from your company. Yeah. I mean, and the only, the only way I could see that working, like the constant teasing is if you had some sort of, um, earth shattering thing like that, was, Ear, er, you know what yeah. I mean? Earth shattering. Or if you just had like the automatic fan base, you know, it's like, I have an awesome, I have an awesome, you know, amount of customers who really support the company and a lot, you know, uh, obviously I wouldn't be able to do what I'm able to do without their support, but I'm not necessarily at the level yet where it's like people automatically buy what I put out, no matter what it is. They just, you know, like, it's like Strymon. If Strymon, Strymon could tease about something and people would, would be like reading up everything they could every day to find out what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I was trying to think as you were speaking of like other companies that could pull that off. Um, Strymon's probably one of the very few. I don't even know if somebody like JHS could pull off, uh, you know, something like that. And they're very, they, very good at launches. They do to a degree because they do those teaser videos and you don't, you know, and they haven't done it as much lately because like the steak and eggs wasn't like that. But uh, I'm trying to think, oh, like the penguin. You know, they did that teaser video where it was a, a penguin in the market. And right. you, still didn't, you still didn't know what the pedal was. You just knew something was coming. Yeah, and I think that's fantastic. I think yeah. I think it's, as far as uh, product launches go, I mean, they make great stuff too, but as far as product launches go, Josh and those guys have their, the formula down like for oh, building excitement. Yeah. yeah, they are on point with that stuff. It gets me excited. I'm like, whoa, yeah. man, what's this going to be? Wah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah, mean. No, I, I, def I still get excited about their stuff. I, I'm actually really excited. I've been wanting to, to pick up their, uh, their new Pulp and Peel because mm -hmm. it looks really interesting. It looks really, really cool. Uh, me and some guys uh, have been really talking about the 500 series stuff yeah. um, for studio applications. And it's like, man, a 500 series Panther Cub would be so cool to have yeah. in the studio. <clears throat> I'm just yeah. super, super excited. I'd seen them at NAMM, but obviously I couldn't really do a lot with them in that context, but I just think that's really cool. And I wonder, what are your thoughts? Do you think that's going to start becoming a thing, like more rack-based stuff? Because Strymon's got their rack unit too. Um, yeah, you know, I could totally see it going that way. Um, I feel like you, we may see more pedal companies creating rack units. But I think they won't necessarily be so pedal-based. You know, I think it'll be a lot more traditional rack style. Like, the 500 units are really cool, and I could see definitely more people doing, you know, doing those. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of up in the air. It's kind of a revival of what used to be really popular. 
yeah, it's like going back to the 80s. And it makes me wonder if it's going to be the traditional, you know, 16-inch, or, yeah, right? 16-inch? Yeah, rack unit. Yeah. Or if it's going to be the Euro rack, or if it's going to be 500 series. Like, there's going to be one of those, one of those platforms will be the Dominator, and I'm curious to see which one it will be. Um, yeah. I would lean towards the traditional rack unit myself, just because you can... You know, with a 500 series, you have to go get a, a lunchbox, you know, and with a rack, yeah, you have to get a rack, but those are available at any electronics store. So, yeah, I think, I think the 500 series will definitely be successful, but the, yeah, the rack units, I mean, nobody's going to run a 500 unit live, but if it was just a rack unit, someone could still run that live, you know, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't force you into having to do the whole lunchbox set, set up like you were saying. You could just run the rack if you wanted to run the rack live. Yeah, because I have one piece of rack gear myself as far as guitar equipment goes, and it's a it's an old rack delay, um, mm-hmm. old DOD analog rack dual delay. That's just oh nice, ridiculous sounding. Um, it's really interesting once I, 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 I got a guy who's kind of dissecting it for me right now. And it's not, it's the way the delay is ran in it. Now I'm stretching my electronic knowledge here, mm-hmm. um, but it's not just, um, you know, straight up bucket brigade. You know, there was like a million op amps in it for some reason, driving the signal extra hard. And, mm. uh, I can't remember like what the memory man. It was like a memory man circuit with extra op amps in it for some reason, and I can't remember the details about what we talked about. But it was, it's a really interesting sounding thing. But um, yeah, it sounds interesting. I kind of got off subject with that. Where I was going with that is, I only have one piece of rat gear as a guitar player, and anything yeah. else, I, I I couldn't see myself investing into a five hundred series unit just for guitar for studio yeah. use, of course. But um, I don't know. It's it's an interesting concept. It'll be it'll be yeah. It'll be cool to see where what people come up with. Do you see yourself ever dipping your toe into any of those uh, genres, so to speak? I think it's you know it's always definitely a possibility. Um, I think what you'll definitely see is not as many of the really small people getting into it. Um, mm. Because, you know, the reason why so many people can just build guitar pedals is because guitar enclosures are so easily accessible. But, you know, those rack unit enclosures aren't, you know, they're not a dime a dozen. You have to buy so many of them, invest so much in the product before launching it, you know. So it kind of just depends, you know, what exactly the product is and the risk of it just being a flop or not. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think if it becomes, you know, I mean, a, a guitar pedal's been, uh, like you say, the enclosure itself has been kind of ubiquitous for forever. And I think the rack unit has the potential to do that. I think yeah. they're, could, they're, you know, they're, they can't cost that much more to make, you know what I mean, to manufacture one. So yeah. if more and more people start using it, it may be something where the, the cost comes in, in line with uh, something that, the small guy could ex- start experimenting with. And then that yeah. large, uh, you know, large open platform could lend to some really interesting stuff if the, the small guys can get into it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there. I mean, you can go and get, you know, amp enclosures and stuff like that. Those have, those have become a lot more accessible because there's such a DIY market and so many more smaller people building. So I'm sure the more that there is a demand for it, someone will pop up, you know, that, that supplies, you know, easy, you know, one unit rack enclosures. Mm-hmm. You almost got my wheels turning now. I'm like, I know some machinists. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder what kind of lunacy I can come up with. No, that's way out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting though. It'd be interesting. It'd be fun. I, I already have plans to not, be limited to just guitar effects. So, I mean, I definitely have plans for expanding the, the company into other avenues. Cause I don't really see any reason why I should just stay in just effect pedals when, you know, all electronics interest me. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's definitely. no reason to, I mean, the whole wide world of music gear could yeah. be your, 
you know, something you would venture into. Yeah. Do you have a, have you ever messed with building like, um, like building amps and things? Yeah, I've built amps before. Uh, I love doing it as a hobby cause it's, they're really fun to work on. Uh, especially doing like meticulous builds where you just spend tons of time making the wire ridiculous, you know, the wiring ridiculously clean. I think, uh, I think that's definitely something I'm interested into. I've kind of played around with some different designs and stuff like that. It's probably something you'll see something from us down the road. It's not, it's not necessarily on our, on our radar right now because we have so much other stuff we're working on, but, uh, probably one day you'll see something from us in that, in that wheelhouse. Do you have, uh, this is, I mean, we're projecting way down the road at this point, but do you have kind of a flavor of amp that you lean towards British, you know, American, whatever? Yeah, I'm definitely a American high headroom type of guy. I don't like, I don't like my amps breaking up actually very much at all. So I love running, you know, a high, you know, like a twin where you just have tons of headroom. And uh, can really use your pedals to flavor flavor the amp and push the amp. Mm-hmm. I, I always try to, when you get some like newer guys asking questions like that are just starting mm-hmm. to get into, you know, improving their rigs or whatever, that's usually the, the way I'll try to slant them. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily to something quite that high powered, but, you know, we're talking about guys trying to make the jump from a spider who are looking at, you know, kind of your yeah. normal rigs, like well, what do I want, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, I always try to push guys into like a Hot Rod Deluxe or something. Yes. Um, uh, and start messing with pedals to figure out what it is they like because it's cheaper to yeah to do it that way. Um, oh, yeah. You might find like a Marshall amp in a box as your thing. Therefore, you realize you want a Marshall amp. Um, so and that's kind of... And the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is is they think like a pedal produces one sound and that's the only sound you're going to get is that sound when realistically, you know, like pedals sound so different on different amps, mm-hmm. you know, you can get, you know, like the M drive. I, I only like the M drive on British style amps where it's pushing the amp and it's like right. on other amps I've played it. I'm like, Oh man, I just really don't like this, but you play it on a totally different amp. It's like, Oh yeah, this sounds great. No wonder people like it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a matter of context. Like, yeah. And and that goes both ways. But that's kind of why I push people like new guys into exactly what you're talking about. A high headroom thing that you can start coloring and develop yeah. your flavors. And then you you know, through that experimentation you can figure, you know, it's it's just like like I said, you can run like a Marshall in a box and then run something like the M drive into it, and you it'll not quite do the same thing, but You'll mm-hmm. get an idea of where you're headed with it, and uh, it's just a, an easier way to figure out what what you like. I think. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there was another question I had, and it just slipped my brain. But uh, oh yeah, so as far as delays go, um, that's something that I've noted that you guys don't have as of yet. Mm-hmm. Um, do you prefer like analog, digital, like which way do you, do you like to slant? Do you like really clean repeats or, or how do you, how do you prefer your delays? Uh, I mean, honestly, I love having both on my board at the same time. Uh, I grew, you know, like I grew up doing quotation marks that you can't see. I grew up <laughs> on digital delay, uh, but I love the sound of analog delay. So realistically, like I love the functionality and the options that you have with digital. Um, and I love the sound quality of analog. So I usually run both of them cause I love having different presets and different, um, you know, divisions and timing running dual, you know, dual digital delay. I love getting different patterns with that. And then I love having a good solid, uh, analog. Delay. I think my favorite analog delay is the big box Panther as of right now. Oh, okay. I've mm-hmm. not actually played the big box. I've only played with the cub. Um, is there a, a tonal difference between the two? I know the panther has like, or the cub has a little more features, but tonally, yeah, what the, is, what's it like? Uh, yeah, they're actually using different bucket brigade ships, and so oh, the cub, 
the cub had a darker uh darker repeats to it um which some people like i kind of like a little bit brighter repeats um and uh oh crap what is it the memory lane the diamond memory lane mhm that sounds right that's, yeah that's the big one right yeah and you have the junior yeah the big one is actually amazing what's really cool about it is it has a um a tilt eq on it okay. and okay. basically what that means is as you turn it up it's not just turning up the highs but it's turning down the lows so it's tilting and then as you turn it down it cuts the highs and boosts the lows ah okay and so you get you know in the mid range in the middle of it you get these you know really cool eq changes that's interesting that's not yeah. something it's not something i would normally think about i wonder how that control could be applied to other things that would be yeah i mean i don't think it'd work well in like uh in drives you know because most of the time you know when you're going darker you're just wanting more lows you're not necessarily wanting to get rid of your highs but oh, that's stuff true like and stuff like reverbs and delays um where you're having kind of a, a separate signal path you know a parallel signal path i think it it works pretty cool gotcha gotcha um, does the original Panther, does that have the effects loop on it? Yeah. That is one of my favorite tricks. To, yeah, or not has, tricks, but features. It not only has an effects loop, it has a switch that you can turn the effect loop on and off. Oh, baby. Which is mm, pretty sweet. That is really cool. Yeah. What do you What do you like throwing in the effects loop on delays? Uh, you know, I, I've done the, the, the usual chorus, um, reverb, but I love a good phaser ah. set to, set to a really, really slow ramp up where, you, yeah. where you're doing like dotted eighth notes or something like that, you know, real pattern delays. You get this real audible sweep going through them. That would be cool. I'm looking yeah. at a phase, phaser right now and thinking I'm going to do some experimenting later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's an old Ross phaser. I'm like, oh, nice. hmm, I need to try that. Um, the one it's I funny. I have the uh, solid gold effects uh, electro man, and that's got the effects loop as well. Oh yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It's funny. I I love phase, uh, you know, like phasers, but I only ever use them with a really really slow sweep. Mm -hmm. I never get very weird with them. It's usually dialed in, you know, just kind of real mild, but just enough of that sweep where you can build. It, it like adds anticipation to what you're playing in, you know, like a live setting. So I love, I love using it like right before a break. Well, I thought I didn't like phasers for a while, and then, mm -hmm. um, well, solid gold effects again. I got to play the uh, uh, Apollo two for a while, and that thing can do a billion different things. Um, but, and yeah. I just realized that I like phasers all of a sudden. I was yeah. like, like, Oh, actually I, this is really fun and can be used tastefully and not in an eighties way if you prefer. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I picked up that Ross phaser, um, recently and been having some really, a lot of fun with that. Now I'm going to try it with that delay. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Try it out. One of the other things I really like doing with a delay, and it sounds kind of weird, but I like putting distortion in it. Yeah. Uh, um, it's kind of a tough balancing act because I have to turn the volume way down on the dis whatever distortion I'm using um, mm -hmm. in order to get the repeats because it will actually like overdrive itself. Well, yeah. I mean, you got that. It's it's basically feeding into itself. So when you're boosting the signal, it's going to run away a lot easier. Yeah. And I and I it I can do it with certain pedals. I can I can get it set to where it's clipping that that delay really hard without mm -hmm. pushing it into oscillation. And that is re a really really interesting sound. I just wish it was easier to dial in because I don't yeah. always have time to do it. Doesn't the time uh, timeline have uh, a setting that kind of lets you do that? I don't know. Honestly, I haven't got to spend enough time with it. To, to be able to like explore that thing you can get lost in for a billion years but yeah. i've only briefly played with those really liked them but they were always so much more than i needed that yeah I, I never got to experiment fully with them um 
I don't know. I, I kind of yeah, always kind of looked at more. The, of, I was I was always more of a time factor guy. Yeah. I I don't know. I just I've never had a a, a delay like that that I kept around. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I almost would rather swap out a different box to get the different effect. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. I can see why they would be super appealing and super useful. I think they sound great. It just for some reason I like to have a sim- a little bit of a simpler box. Um, yeah. Mostly, when, mostly for live stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but that's the same reason why guys like a million presets. Says I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I just haven't spent the quality time that I need to with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, we uh, we're getting pretty close. Is there uh, anything else that you would like to uh, plug, say, uh, or you know, a message you'd like to live, leave with all the kids? Um, I uh, man, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something you know, like really deep, meaningful. I mean, we we. I mean, we. You can really like take your time, like you know. We can, <laughs> if you really need to, like, get a message out there, edit. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. Just uh, <laughs> buy more I, pedals. Yeah. I'm to- <laughs> I totally put you on the spot with that. I was I was expecting like save the whales or something. <laughs> Oh, but then again, you have a pedal called the Whaler, so maybe you hate whales. I do, yeah. Save the Whaler. <laughs> save the Whaler. Um, all right, man. Well, watch out for the shrimp. He'll yes, get beware, beware of the shrimp. And Thanks, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on, and uh, it it was great talking to you again. And yeah, why don't we let you shameless plug uh, your website and all that good stuff for the end here? Yeah, so you can check out all of our stuff at www.matthewseffects.com. Uh, oh, I, I would also like to point out that my name is not Matthew. A lot of people think that it's Matthew's effects, uh, but there's <laughs> there's no apostrophe S. Uh, my last name is just Matthews. So this but, is Rick we're talking to here. Yes, Rick Matthews. So his name is Rick. Not Matthew. Hashtag, hashtag not Matthew. <laughs> hashtag yeah. his name is Rick. Yeah. There we go. Hashtag the shrimp. Just hashtag the shrimp. <laughs> right on, man. Well, thanks for coming on. And uh, I'll put your website in the show notes so everybody can easily go find you. Thanks, man. Yep. All right, guys. For Rick, this is Blake. And good luck and good tones. See you later, man. All right, folks, that does it for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. And don't forget to head on over to Facebook and join the Tone Mob Facebook group. We're in there hanging out, having a good time, and generally being, you know, weirdos. So come be a weirdo with us. It's a good time. And also, if you guys ever need anything, feel free to email me at infotonemob.com or you can DM me on any of the social media platforms where I'm at, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, of course. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to help in any way I can. So take care, and I'll talk to you next week. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you, that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com stringjoy, 
and that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.